Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And welcome to the Laney Gossip Podcast for Sasha Answers. Hi, Sasha. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm better than you. I know. I feel like an old, old person. I pulled my back. You walked into <laughs> um, my house like a dark cloud. It was <laughs> really, I mean, your your movements were so slow. Yeah. I've never, I have never had a back pain like this before, but it was all thanks to um, my mood. favorite is the reason why you have <laughs> yeah, back totally. pain. So <laughs> please share it. It's all due to the moves and grooves of Tiana Taylor and her workout video. <laughs> I've never, I, uh, it's the second day and there's like this weird jabby shoulder back and forth zigzag movement she does. And I was given her, um, and I guess I gave her too much cause I'm in so much fucking pain cause there's no, what's, so if anyone is interested in her, into her fade to fit program. You've seen it, right? Yes. Um, so it's all basically like kind of dirty dance choreography and like some boxing. Anyways, it's good, but there's no warm up or cool down and there's literally no heads up on what you're going to do. All of a sudden the video starts and you're in the routine. Like she doesn't tell you, okay, we're going to do some like punching or like we're going to do some sidekicks or, oh, you're going to twerk your ass back to the fucking moon and back. For about 20 minutes. You don't do anything but just look and just you have to do it right away. So I think that that's like the only downfall, hence why I'm in so much fucking goddamn pain. Okay, but if any of you out there have seen like Tiana Taylor's body and videos, that's what this is this is what the motivation for oh, Sasha yeah. is. <laughs> yes, she her body is next level. Sickening. Now, was she was she not the one? who was Rihanna's lookalike and was hanging out with Chris Brown after Rihanna and him broke up? I remember Tiana Taylor going to a basketball game okay. with Chris Brown. Do you remember this? Yeah, I, this is where I feel like Yeah, and then I feel like us. that's how I first became aware of Tiana Taylor. Mm -hmm. And then she went away for a while. Like there was no, I mean, I wasn't feeling like she was out there in the public consciousness. And then all of a sudden Kanye. And then Kanye. Yeah. Although… Granted, I may just not have been looking and at the right places. Yeah, but that's sort of where I see the, how it's connecting. And right. then, of course, Kanye, and we're all like, "Okay, who is this person?" And oh, that video was fucking holy, dementedly crazy, fucking cool. shit. I remember watching it. We were downstairs in the basement. Yasik was watching. It was the VMAs, right? Mm -hmm. And the video comes on, and at first he. You know, he's like, a oh, video, I'm not going to pay attention. And then it went on, it, like, you know, within five seconds, he was like, I like this video very <laughs> yeah, much. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he what? He pre-meed? What's a pre-meed? Like premature ejaculation Ew, is what he's talking so about. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> he pre-meed. Like mm -hmm. within, yeah, by the 30 second mark, he was like, let's rewind this video. Let's, yeah, it yeah, was. It is crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Hence so, um, why I want her body. Well, 
you know, it does, nothing comes easy. No, so I, I don't think that's going to happen. I look for forward me. to seeing you sweaty. Yes. Um, my and, six pack's going to be and writhing in about what six weeks. Uh, yes, exactly six weeks. I'll be okay. Prime. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> It'll be spring. Um. All right. Ready? Yes. Okay. So, uh, first question. Good day, Sasha and Lainey. Good day to you. Mm-hmm. My question is this. Why are some women such harsh judges of other women? Background. I was married for 30 years. We met in high school. Married as high school sweethearts. We have four boys. We had a happy, successful marriage. He, let's call him E, had an affair in our 21st year of marriage. We were busy, both working and juggling a young family. I knew something wasn't quite right, so I just asked him, are you seeing someone else? He admitted he was having an affair. He then moved out of the family home for nine months with her. With conversations with friends about infidelity, I, like many women, understand that if my husband was unfaithful, that would be it. It would be over. Once a cheater, always a cheater, etc. We had lots of counseling together and separately. My husband and I talked about what happened a lot. I needed details. I know this is not for everyone to help me process and deal with what happened. Our level of communication and honesty went to another level. The results of this counseling and talking was that we got back together. I'm fully aware and appreciate that this isn't going to work for everyone. I was judged harshly by a lot of my so-called friends. They thought I was crazy, controlled, and weak for taking him back. Want to find out who your real friends are? This issue will sort them out. I learned that you have no clue what you would do until it happens to you. But we as women are quick and harsh judges of other women. And really, none of it is based on experience. Fast forward, I was married for another nine years, and they were great years. I don't regret what I did. For me, it was the right decision. E left me for another woman, not the same one. He left to live with her on the other side of the country. Again, I was devastated. I had four teenage boys, and my world and future fell apart. The circumstances this happened under is for another day. It was shit, but life goes on. Again, I had counseling. It really helped me. I knew in myself that I could not forgive him again. E wanted my friendship, but my decision was, you have chosen her. You don't get any part of me. My boys have a good relationship with their dad, and I'm happy about that. Again, women friends judge me, told me I should never have taken him back. You wasted nine years. We knew this would happen, blah, blah, blah. I know what he did both times is wrong. I don't agree with infidelity in a marriage. But for me, taking him back in the following nine years were the right decisions to make. I still don't regret it. It seems to me that most men are nowhere near as harsh at judging other men, but women are. Why is that? L. Well, wow. Really good one. And I can yeah. say that this comes up actually a lot um, in my inbox when people are referring to celebrities. Okay. In like what way? most recently I had someone email me about Jennifer Garner and mm-hmm. how she hasn't still officially divorced Ben Affleck yet. Yeah. And there are rumors and who knows about their status and if they're getting back together or whatever. And the person who wrote to me was like, once a cheater, always a cheater. You have to leave him. Mm-hmm. If you don't leave him, there's something wrong with you. I can't believe right. she's not leaving him. Like blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Like yeah. the judging, yes. for instance. So what do you think? What's going on here? Well, I mean, God, it's a really heavy question to ask why women are more judgy, I guess, than men. And I mean, that goes back to like centuries and centuries of fucking bullshit that we have to put up with, right? If we're not being physically judged, we're being judged by, you know, how we must take care of our quote unquote man, um, how we have to look a certain way. Like, I mean, we're pitted against each other all the time. 
So, um, but beyond that, I think that women have different relationships with other women, right? Men don't typically um, get so involved in each other's issues. Girls do, right? We do. We we pour out our emotions and um, we get our friends involved. So in a way, it's kind of hard to ask your girlfriends to be so involved in something as dramatic as you splitting up with your husband or maybe thinking about it because he's cheating on you and then being like, will you just listen to me, hold any inner thoughts that you have and never tell me? It, it just, it's not a reciprocal relationship that way. Do you know what I mean? Do I think her friends were shitty for judging her and being assholes to her? Of course. But you can't tell someone not to have feelings because um, we all judge each other. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know something that I totally know and that it's so funny that some people are in the dark of, all your friends talk shit behind your back. They all do. It's not all venomous shit, but we all do um, because we have our own thoughts. We have our own feelings. We have our own opinions about something. Um, so that's sort of where I'm just like generally blanket statementing that out what? for but you I to catch. But I don't know that that's just women though. Like I feel like men, you know, are annoyed and just as talk shitty about sure, their yeah, I boys say, too. Like it's like, I say oh, the biggest fuck. gossips, the biggest gossips sometimes are men. He's such a fucking cheap ass. We went out for beers the other day and yeah. he fucking like, you know, skipped us on like three of the, like three pictures or mm-hmm. whatnot. Like there's a great episode of Blackish a few weeks ago. Yasik and I religiously watch Blackish together. And Anthony Anderson, who plays Dre, reconnected with some of his high school homies mm-hmm. and, um, and then, you know, was trying to give them all a hand up because all of them or most of them were not as, let's say, successful mm-hmm. in a very conventional way as he was. Mm-hmm. So he would like lend money to one and got to the other the job and whatever. And then they weren't as like appreciative of him right. as he wanted them to be. So right. he started talking shit about them right. and right. like, and so it was a really good episode to, well, it examined many issues, but one of the issues was just a reflection that like, hey, guys in their friendships are just as gossipy and bitchy and cunty and like backstabby and whatever. But as you said, but as you said, Sash, that's very normal. Mm -hmm. Like relationships, be it romantic or friendship, are not perfect because you're never going to get along with somebody 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Which is why, and people are going to rub up against you. Of like people are going to not behave in the way that you prescribe. Mm-hmm. So, um, I totally get that point. I think that the extension of this is judging her or holding it against her. Of course. Like when you listen to a friend vent, it's one thing, but the decision she makes or he makes is his or hers. Yeah, and then you have to back the fuck off after that. Yeah, of course. I, I'm Unless curious. it's like, I'm going to rob a bank. Right. And I'm curious to know at what level were these friendships, do you know what I mean? Like, were they just being like caring friends that were just like, oh, you can't be with a guy who's cheating on you. You're, you know, you're, you know, like a- a- exerting true friendship and support and wanting to be there and have only the best. Or were these friends like mega hose to her afterwards? Yeah. You know, I want to know that because… That's interesting to me because I've had friends who have been cheated on. I've been cheated on. Um, and I offer up my honest opinion. Like if I'm going to put in the time to listen to you and support you, then I'm going to have to fucking give you some of my two cents. You don't have to fucking take it. And I will not necessarily – like I'll probably judge you, but at this, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what I mean. Like judgment is there all the time. 
we all have our own feelings and thoughts about a certain situation. But I would never be a dick. Like, I would never, like, make – like, if Yasik cheated on you, I would encourage you not to be with him. But I would never shame you if you didn't take that advice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the, the what the, what – is here is that she's saying that these people were like, I told you so, I told you so, which I'm not sure helps No, by the end there, right? Right. Like, uh, you know, it's happened. Nine years they were together again and he's left her for another woman. And so now it's like, okay, saying to her, I told you so is not… Helpful. No. No. It's actually, it doesn't move anything forward. No, it's spiteful. If you were to do that. So um, I think that's… And what she's asking is why this happens. And I mean, you went through it. I mean, there is… Obviously, since the beginning of time, we've all been conditioned to be harder on women Mm -hmm. than men. This is part of the conversation we've been having for these years about equality and about… And lifting women, other women up. Lifting women out Mm -hmm. in in a constructive way. And… I also think that part of this is if if it were me assessing these kinds of reactions, it also comes from a place of fear. Like that is, for a lot of women, that's the worst nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. Like a man in your life, your um, significant other, the one you've chosen to spend all your time with, to have children with, leaving for somebody else. It is easy to like… Pinpoint who the villain is um, that another woman came along because we also have this code, Mm -hmm. this code of women, this sort of like that we're not supposed to do that to each other. It's hard enough to like battle the patriarchy. You know, you don't want to be fucking looking around and thinking that your sisters are also not on your side. And so that betrayal becomes almost like emotionally deeper because… I'm putting this in quotes, women are supposed to know better. Right. Um, So then when one woman in a different way, quote, betrays the side, which is to not kick him out right away Mm -hmm. and not walk right away Mm -hmm. and instead give him another chance, there are someone who, there are some women who feel that that is also a betrayal of the code. Hey, like, you know, we're supposed to be strong and let them know that they can't fucking do this to us without consequences and you're taking him back. Like… Isn't that undermining our value and our integrity? Like, you know, if women, if every woman took a man back, then like men would keep doing this yeah. to us, to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. That's part of it too, no? To- absolutely. And there's some truth to that too, I will say. But e- easier said than done. I mean, my father cheated on my mom. Uh, who knows how many times? Hi, mom. Sorry. I just totally aired your dirty laundry. But she stuck it out too because she had two young girls, right? And I would never… Uh, I mean, she finally fucking divorced his ass, but um, it it takes time. Like, and that's what I really like about our writer is like, this chick knows what's up. Like, she saw the trajectory of her uh, relationship, um, knew that she wanted to be work on it. They did. She had a successful, what seemed like a successful nine years before it crumbled again, um, and she doesn't regret her choices. Like, I think that's awesome, right? And I get a lot of mail sometimes when we have these. Um, cheating, uh, these cheating letters, because I'm always like, fucking ditch the zero if he's doing that. And women always write back, like, you don't know, you would, you're, you don't understand people, other people's circumstances. And I want to be clear, like, I think every woman, every person is entitled to make the decision that's right for them at that time. Like, that's cool. If you want to take them back because that's 
you want to give it a second try, you have children, you're not ready to do so, then more power to you. It's complicated. And in many ways, like overcoming infidelity and then making it work for another nine years after, you could call that a success story. Fuck yeah. Lots of people aren't even together for more than like two before they want to get a divorce. So in its own way, I mean, listen, if I were Elle, our writer, I would be heartbroken, of course, that this happened not only once but twice. Mm -hmm. And that this person that she was married to, you know, felt the need to address his unhappiness both times with by stepping out. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is just so, of course, it's such a betrayal. But Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I, I don't, I would never, I don't, I don't want to think that I would be that person who would ever like, you know, see her and make her feel even more less than. Of course. By being like, haha, told you so. You yeah. should have fucking ditched them nine years ago. Yeah. Of so course. Elle, we're sorry that this has been your experience. And, um, but if we're talking about women and supporting other women, I feel like these are important conversations that we have to continue to have because like, Unfortunately, we're not perfect mm-hmm. collectively yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're all trying to catch up to the people we think are better than us and learning from friends. Like, like the two people sitting here at this table are by no means like perfect women. Like oh God, I fuck fucking no. make mistakes. The mistakes I've made are documented on Laney Gossip itself. <laughs> like, you know, and so there are so many people I still need to learn from. And so I think that what the Women's Collective has to do is, for those of you who are ahead of us, keep dragging us forward. Mm-hmm. And for those of us who um, are behind, keep looking for people to catch follow up to. and yeah. to catch up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Al, you know, there's no judgment here. We support your decisions and your choices. And… It sounds like you're in a really good space to move yeah, forward, that you've absolutely. found a way to to make your four boys or to make a life with your four boys and that your four boys are happy in their relationship with their dad. That's a success. Yeah. But also don't I would I would encourage her not to be jaded that like all oh, women, they're just all haggy, unsupportive bitches. Like that's not the case either, right? So I'm glad that you weeded out the last batch of girls that weren't doing you any good, but please continue to look for a wonderful new group of women because they're they're out there in droves. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> okay, next question. Hi, Sasha and Lainey. I hope you're both having a good day. I'm a big fan. Um, thank you very much. I'm having some relationship issues and would really appreciate your perspectives. I'm 24 and my boyfriend is 22. We've been dating for just over two years and moved in together two months ago. He moved cities to be with me as he's still figuring out his career and I'm set in a new career. He's a caring boyfriend and we both love each other intensely. However, he has an anger problem. When arguments get bad, he will almost literally explode with rage, saying hurtful things and breaking stuff. Recently, I didn't realize he's been frustrated about me unloading my work stress at home 
And it all came out unexpectedly in a week of arguments that escalated in him losing it. For the first time, he physically grabbed me, pulling me off our bed by my ankles. It didn't get any more physical after that, but he was very threatening and I was scared. After talking to my closest friend and getting their careful advice, I explained to my boyfriend that he crossed a line and I want him to take steps to see if he can deal with his anger since it's escalating. In turn, I'm trying not to unload so much stress at home despite being in a demanding job. After five days of only happy talk, I talked a little about a difficult development at work. He was supportive at the time, but later said that I'd been very negative that evening, which hurt. I'm worried that the resentment will build again, and I'm not prepared to only talk about positive things to keep him happy. I don't know what to do now. I don't know whether his line crossing was as bad as I think it was, and I wonder if I'm just going to be stuck in a cycle. Any advice or perspective on this admittedly abridged situation would be so helpful. Thanks, confused. Okay, confused. Um, I just, I want to give you a name. So um, let's, I, let's call you… Um, um, oh, I have a good one. Good. Not to trivialize this, but um, Celeste. This okay, reminds Celeste. me of yes, Big, Big Little, Little Lies. Lies. Um, which, yeah, again, don't want to trivialize, but this is very parallel to what we're seeing in um, the first few episodes of this show. That's a great – I love that you brought that up because we have gotten lots of emails, too, about the storyline on Big Little Lies Mm -hmm. between Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård and the toxic, passionate, fucked up, at times loving, complicated – very, very real – real relationship that they have. And there are some people, and there's been some writing on this that feel, there's been some writing on this by people who feel that that depiction on the show has glamorized violence in relationships. Mm. Um, There are some people who feel that it's very true to life and very realistic, as you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I appreciate about it is that it is not black and white. And as anybody who has been in an abusive relationship can attest to, it's never black and white. Like, mm. you know, the person doesn't develop horns and yeah. turn into Voldemort. And it's that it's like that 24-7 interspersed between these bouts, as, you know, Celeste, our reader, is saying, are moments of, of tenderness love. Yeah. and love mm-hmm. and real passion and real connection. And that's, and that's not all the time, but in many of these cases. And that's why it takes so long or it becomes so confusing. And this is not meant to condone violence in a relationship. What it's meant to do, as we tried to do with the previous letter, is to get a very 360-degree portrait of what relationships are and to really understand that you can't just template, you can't just prescribe a one-way mm-hmm. solution for everybody. Yeah. And especially at one moment, right? Yeah. Um, what I would say, though, is the, the word that should never be in a relationship, like flat out, is scared. You should never feel scared with your partner. Um, you should never feel like you can't truly express how you feel. You can't be, you just can't be, there should not be fear in, in your relationship um, with somebody. And so when she said that, I was scared. That, that is never a feeling that you should feel. 
And I hope that she seeks some more comfort in talking to her friends. I hope that she finds somebody that she trusts, like a therapist, to talk to about this because while it does happen, while people are in abusive relationships, it by no means is normal. It, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that you accept. It shouldn't be something that you should forgive and it should not be something that you don't work on. I agree. And I think that um, you said that the word scared jumped out at you mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right. For our Celeste who wrote this letter, you expressed that you are not only scared about the next bout of anger, but that you are scared to share your life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've had a tough day at work, you should never be afraid to come home and share it with the person that you love. It's a very basic comfort and benefit of a relationship that there's someone at home waiting for you um, who is going to be your biggest fan and who is going to be your advocate and who's going to perhaps be a counselor, if not a counselor, then just a sounding board. You have to be able to bring that home in a constructive way. Um, and so the fact that you are not just afraid for your safety and your emotional well-being, but that you were afraid to come home to communicate, that is um, a red flag for us as well. Mm-hmm. And you also used the word escalate several times mm. in your message. And so you are assessing yourself that this has been progressing in stages. It used to be bursts of anger um, that were limited to verbal abuse um, and outbursts of breaking things. Mm -hmm. And now recently that progression has resulted in physical harm or at least a physical manifestation of his um, rage. And so you yourself have labeled it as an escalation. So I would Think clearly about escalating Mm -hmm. circumstances. Very rarely, without interference and intervention, do they de-escalate. And so what Sasha said about therapy and counseling, on your part, 100%, but I don't know that the de-escalation is going to happen for him unless he gets some help. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also very interesting to me um, the protocol that um, abusive relationships follow. It's like, it is like, it does not stray. It happens with exactly what you, just that, exactly what you explained and what our reader explained, that escalation of verbal, then physical. And then this is what's so interesting is that that moment of where uh, like a woman feels handcuffed. She's like a prisoner. It becomes, it, it, it just, um, domino effects. And that's where I see our writer now is like, all of a sudden she feels like she's a prisoner within her own body. She can't talk about her. She doesn't, she's scared now to talk about her day because she doesn't want to ruffle his feathers. And so fine, if you don't want to see a therapist just yet, I would uh, start reading books. I would start reading articles about women who have been in abusive relationships because I guarantee you, you'll start to see um, bits of yourself in these women as well. Because the stories, whilst different, uh, there's like a general thread of of truth that every woman in a in a Uh, an abusive relationship um, finds himself in. So you need to educate yourself and read up on these things and open your eyes, which you clearly are. I'm not taking that away from you. But really, don't pretend, don't lie to yourself. 
don't lie to yourself that this isn't no. a problem. You know, Celeste in the show Big Little Lies, she and Perry, so that's Nicole Kidman and Alexander Skarsgård, they go to a therapy session. Mm-hmm. And one of the things um, that is revealed in the therapy session, and they're such great actors, and I think the rules have been written so well, that Alexander Skarsgård ends up talking about what his insecurities are. And you remember, one of the things he talks about is, look at her. She's so beautiful. She's so smart. Everybody loves Mm -hmm. her. She's just basically this goddess. Mm -hmm. She's going to leave me. She's, you know, so much better than me. And he's a very successful businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, he, um, he, you know, she, for all intents and purposes, stays at home with the kids. Now we find out that she used to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. but, um, and he still looks at her as this person who could leave him at any time, meaning that in his mind, he is inferior to her. Yeah. And to parallel the situation, and of course, this is, we're only, we're only able to use the information that our Celeste, the writer, gave us. Your boyfriend is still figuring out his career path. Um, he's younger than you, just like Perry on the show is younger than mm-hmm. Celeste on the show. Um, and he's still sort of uh, trying to find his way in the world. And you have a great career, a very important career, and a, a career that's so important that it comes with its, you know… Uh, uh, it comes with its own challenges that you bring home. Mm -hmm. And so there is an aspect to this, a parallel there, where our Celeste is, um, our Celeste in his mind has it a little bit more together perhaps Mm -hmm. than he does. And all of that in combination with whatever issues that he has, we don't know him very well, are causing him to act out and push his own insecurities onto her and they're being manifested in the form of violence. Mm -hmm. That's what concerns me here too, is that um, not only is there um, an escalation of violence, but there seems to me, at least from the information that we've gotten, in his mind, an imbalance. And so because of that imbalance, he is trying to control it through conditions. I don't want you coming home and talking about work and getting all stressed out. It's not fair to me. Physical control and power imbalance where now um, he is using his body to adjust the imbalance Mm -hmm. that you guys have perhaps in his mind. Um, So all of these things are definitely flags that you need to pay attention to. We're not going to tell you what to do except to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's very encouraging that you've talked to a friend. Oh, and that you've reached out to us too. And that great. you've reached Thank out you. to us. I think it's very encouraging that you're not internalizing this, mm-hmm. that you are involving your circle of support. Please continue to do that. Please yes. continue to like make sure that your, your, your friends know. Um, Please do not continue to do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and please consider help, um, whether it's, you know, help with you independently. I don't know that it would be safe for you to um, suggest it to him. And that is a consideration and a concern right now, too. I'm not sure. So I do worry about that. But definitely continue to 
definitely continue to explore this and think about this and not push it away and mm-hmm. talk to people about it. Yeah. And good luck. And yes. please keep us posted. And we hope that in some way that talking about it with us has helped a little. Okay, last question. Hi, Sasha. I want your insight on some friend annoyingness that I've been experiencing. I have a grouping of friends who I'm very close with, but sometimes I still feel like an outsider with. These girls make quite a bit more money than I do and can tend to live large. Fancy dinners, luxury vacations, expensive clothes. I work in a creative field and I'm very happy with my chosen career path in my life. I make good money, but I'm more conservative with it and don't need to be spending piles of money to have a good time or enjoy those I am close with in my life. Another difference we share, I'm married. A few of my friends in this group are single, but we always hang out together just girls and I don't bring my husband along to our girls' nights. I would never do that. So the problem that I'm having is that a lot of the time I find that these friends don't invite me on vacations or weekend trips with them. Last summer, I tried to plan a girls' weekend to visit wine country because I thought that would be nice, but I didn't really receive much enthusiasm from them about it and grew frustrated, so I just dropped it. But then I would see that these girls would go on other trips either together or with other girlfriends, trips to Montreal or abroad, as examples. Recently, I was out to dinner for one of their birthdays, and she mentioned that our other friend had invited her to go on a yoga retreat with her. I sat there screaming inside like, what the fuck, you bitches? No, I love yoga. Why the hell wasn't I invited? The most frustrating part was that I had specifically made sure I would be available for this birthday dinner because I prioritize things like that. Our other girlfriend who had invited the birthday girl on the yoga retreat was away on a wine excursion with another friend. So my question is, why do they never invite me? It's very hurtful. I see myself as a very good friend. I'm someone who's always there when a friend is in need. I often host parties or girls' nights at my place, but then it feels like my affection for them is not always reciprocated. I'm wondering if it's either because they just assume I'm too poor to do anything fun with them, like go on a trip, or if it's some weird thing having to do with me being married. Do they just assume that I'm attached to my husband at the hip and want to spend all my time with him? Like I said, he literally never comes out with us because I wouldn't (laughs) want to spoil the fun of girls' nights, and when he's there, he usually is cooking dinner for my friends. I'm very independent and make my feelings very clear to my girlfriends. I value my female friendships very highly and often consider them like family. These girls were bridesmaids at my wedding, so I thought we had a really close bond, but sometimes it feels like I'm in a second category of friends to them. Sometimes when I try to make plans, the answer is always tentative because it often seems like they're trying to see if better plans might come along from some of their ritzier friends. So again, like I'm second tier. Any advice? What the fuck? Yours, C. Oh, I like C. She sounds really nice. Um, that sucks. That sucks that she is being disinvited or, or just like not included in at least the potential of a plan uh, for her to be a part of. I don't know. I, I would say something. I would just say something. I would just uh, – well, well, first I want to know, does, is, do you get the sense that she's able to go on these trips even if they asked her? Um, like find the yoga retreat, but like can she – you know – can she still go on these creative uh, – creative? can she still go on these trips to Montreal and abroad? I don't know. Because if she can't, then I, I'm sort of like, okay, well, what do you want these girls to do? Just ask for you, for you to then say no? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you, she could have gone on the yoga retreat or that she wanted to go and would have made that happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question here is these girls were your bridesmaids, so – um, uh, we would assume they're her ride or dies, right? Yeah. Like that to me is I think where the jumping off point has to be mm-hmm. because if they were just assholes, then they're assholes and find new friends, the end, you know, peace out. Right. So clearly you 
s- clearly what I'm saying is that these people have value. Of course, um, that yeah. they're friends worth having. You have love for them. And so my thing would be, as you said, Sash, you kind of have to just, just say, say it. Yeah. Because um, right now, I know that the anger, like it's, you know, I know that we can get caught up in our anger and be like, fuck them, fuck everyone, assholes and whatnot. But on the flip side of that, you have to consider that these people are your ride or die. So on the ledger, you know, my favorite thing, (laughs) on the ledger of, um, you know, keeping score, I would imagine that their ledger is still on positive. Mm -hmm. That more good things that there are more good things about them than shitty things. There are shitty things, yeah. So I think, unfortunately, then, that if the ledger is working out in their favor, then you kind of have to re-examine what the situation might really be. You mean the flip side, what they're feeling about her. That's right. Because maybe maybe you have said so many no's in the past that are like, well, you know what, there's no point, right? Because even if they're like living their ritzy, ditzy lives… They've probably wanted you to come on so many trips and they might just find that it's a buzzkill that you say no all the time, right? So their feelings, in fact, might be hurt over over the years with that. So it's worth your while to, yeah, at least talk to them and don't be passive aggressive and, you know, you're obviously like, what the fuck, bitches? So don't get in that mood. You have to like transition out of the anger phase. And then when you're having like a nice, like, girl wine night, I think that's when you bring it up. You'd be like, I really wanted to go on that yoga retreat. Like next time, don't, you know, I know that I've said no in the past, but please keep on inviting me because I really do want to come to these things. I do feel left out and I don't want to feel that way. And if they are these nice people, then of course they're going to be comforting. Of course they're going to, at least that'll elicit a conversation to find out actually why they haven't been inviting you. I agree. And I think too, like, as we get older and our lives change and some people get married and mm-hmm. some people aren't married and it's really unrealistic to do things in the group all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually, in my experience, mm-hmm. and people correct me if it's not your standard experience, but let's say you have a group of friends and there's six of you and you used to always do things together, all six of you. The way life progresses… Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> no. Like, I'm not trying to tell… But… Yes. You, the way it works is that then as we get older and our schedules change and um, some people move to different places and don't live in the same neighborhood or whatever, then what happens is that like more often than not, yeah, on the bigger occasions, maybe eight times a year or six mm-hmm. times a year… You do still all get together, the six of you. But then there's like, it's really normal to have peel-offs. Like two people in one combination will go see a movie together. And then another two people will go on a trip together. And then another two in a different combination might, you know, go out for drinks. Right. I don't think that that's bad either. No, but there are some people who are uneasy with that when they're so used to a pattern or a form, right? I mean, that why I was joking was because typically in groups before, it's been you, me, Amy, Duanna, and Lara. Typically, that's how we've grouped yeah. it in the past. Amy and I never have anything to do. So we're <laughs> always like, let's do it. We're cool. You guys want to go away this weekend? We can always do something. Right. The three of you, you know, do has kids, is like writing 18,000 books and writing for shows and galore. Yeah. Lara has two kids, is like a fucking baller. You have 18,000 jobs, also equally a baller. 
um, and have so many things to do yeah. that we can't always like the past was the past. That shit isn't what happens anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, people. But it's, it's like an end of an era. Sometimes it's harder to-, to work through. Like I think that a few weeks ago we. The six of us had an email exchange. Do you remember that? We wanted to go out for dinner and like… Oh, yeah. We all it was like, this Saturday works for me and it worked for three of us yeah. and then it didn't work for the other three. And then the next Saturday worked for the other three yeah. but not the other three. Mm-hmm. And so when two people decide to go out, it's way easier. It's two schedules. Totally. But like just to run off your example, I, I know that you and Lara sometimes meet up for a walk. Yeah. Um, and that's like… it's And it would be… I think, like, to call myself out, in my 20s, yeah, sure, I'd be like, well, why didn't they call me? I would have gone out on a walk mm-hmm. on Saturday with them. But, like, now you get older and it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, Duanna and I will, like, did a thing on Friday together. Mm-hmm. And you and Duanna probably hooked up for a walk, like, a few weeks ago. I love that and- I'm only on walks. <laughs> why, am I, why do I only go on walks? <laughs> Whatever. Um, but and it, that's what right. happens, mm-hmm. right? But what would be different is if all four five of us went out and left you out the fucking door. It was always the one person who yeah, was feeling. Yeah, which is why our writer is probably like, fuck you hoes. I shouldn't say hoes. Fuck you bitches. You're leaving me behind. Yeah. Sometimes though, there is another person who feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it is human nature for us always to be inside our own heads. Of course. Like we're all narcissistic, self-involved individuals. Yeah. I'm not saying, see that that's you. I'm just saying that that's why we all have to work on empathy and we all have to work on looking at things from different perspectives. And all work on communication, right? Because if right. you don't express yourself, then no one knows what the fuck you feel. That's and right. And then you isolate yourself. So don't do that. Have a nice conversation with these, you know, wonderful group of girls that have been in your life for a really long time and and see how it goes. I mean, write us back if, there are, if they say something horrible, then we can offer yeah. other advice. But for right now, it seems like the first step would be communicate. And don't, yeah, open yourself up to being surprised. Like your their reaction might surprise you mm-hmm. um, in a good way. Like I'm excited for you because if these are as close friends as as you've said they are, then they will come through. And like as friends always do. Yeah, and if you need someone to go to a yoga retreat with you, ask me because <laughs> all I do is go for walks. So <laughs> I would love to go to a yoga retreat and mix it up. You guys just live closer together. Like you and Lara and Duanna are all within like five block radius. Yeah, we don't just walk. Okay, but well, thanks for that. See? <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for your letters. Keep your questions coming to me at Sasha at LaineyGossip.com. And check us out on iTunes and Google Play. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 